Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Mito Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Megan. And we decided that this year we are going to do a few episodes on grief. And there's going to be different aspects of grief. So today we are going to talk about grief, not in the sense of a specific person that you've lost, but the idea of the life you thought you would have. Um, There's obviously different elements of when people feel grief, it doesn't necessarily mean um, that someone has passed away or um, it could be something that a friendship has ended or a relationship has ended. Um, And today in this case, it is the life that you thought or dreamed you would have um, and then finding out about a diagnosis that changes that. Um, does that make sense? <laughs> Did I say that? Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you said that. You said that perfectly. <laughs> I saw all the wheels turning. You were thinking, I was like, did I? <laughs> did that sentence make sense? <laughs> it did. <laughs> um, yeah, because like, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I never, I was never the kid that like dreamed of her wedding or dreamed of how many kids she would have or anything like that. Um, and I know a lot of people do like a lot of people, like that was like their goal. Like I'm going to find my partner by a certain age. I'm going to have five kids, <laughs> one kid, two kid, however, whatever your goal was. Um, that wasn't necessarily like my dream. I knew I wanted it. I just never had like timelines or how many I wanted or anything like that. Did you, was that something that? No. Yeah. That's so funny that you said that because I was exactly the same way. Um, My husband asked me, did you always want to have kids? You know, was this always like your plan? And I was like, honestly, you know, I always thought, yeah, I probably will have kids, but same thing. I never was that girl who had a vision board of my wedding or, (laughs) you know, anything like that. I don't know. I just, I, you know, you just, I don't know. You think, okay, well, I'm graduating high school. I'm going to college, like those kinds of things, but no, not necessarily in the family planning or weddings and stuff like that. I was never that person. And I think honestly, a good portion of my friends, especially in high school and college were kind of that way, but no, I never, I was the same as you. Shocking. (laughs) 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 Which is probably good because when things kind of hit the fan and they're, you know, not going to be the way you envisioned them, um, maybe that's, you know, a little bit less of a shock, I guess. Um, Yeah. Maybe maybe it's an easier (laughs) adjustment. Yeah. I, so I like, I, so I went to school, I got my, my degree in musical theater. And, um, I, well, my first degree in musical theater, and then I, I went through everything. I went, I went, got through college. I was an actor. I did all the fun things. And then I got to, a, I just had a day where I was like, is this really what I want in my life? Like it's long days. It's long nights. You're always preparing for a show. Um, I couldn't envision taking care of a family or kids um if I was at the theater until 10 o'clock at night or later Mm -hmm. um or having performances that I can't miss if your kid is sick 
Um, so it was like a realization after going through <laughs> paying all that money <laughs> my parents had putting me through college of um, this isn't really going to be how this isn't going to be the life that I want as an adult. Um, and so I made that decision of, okay, I'm going to stop doing theater. I'm going to stop doing acting. I'm going to change um, occupations <laughs> um, so that I can do something that will allow me to have that life, have that family. So then I, I, I switched complete gears and I got a degree in um, national security. <laughs> um the perfect that's spot, just a little right? bit different it's yeah a little bit different <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and so I did I switched gears I switched goals I switched what um I thought it was going to be and and I didn't have uh my I didn't have Andrew then I wasn't married yet and so I also had to think about my partner who who did I want to raise that family with um um but I also got to a point where I was like I'm not going to rush it. I want to have that perfect partner um, to raise that child with. Um, so then I even considered like doing it on my own. And it just so happens that Andrew walked into the door within months of that popping into my head. So I didn't get very <laughs> far into that. But but we had those goals. We had those thoughts of, yeah, we want a family. We're going to get married. We're going to have a family. We bought a big house to fill it with children. <laughs> um, and then we had Angie and everything was perfect and amazing um, until it wasn't. And then you get told that news and it's, you're like, man, I, I've completely changed my life to gear towards having that family. And now I'm being told that that is not going to be possible for I'm not going to, I'm not going to have like, I'm not going to have grandkids. I'm not going to be able to raise my child or put her or him through school or college or see their friends come over, have water balloon fights, like make mm -hmm. birthday cakes, um, dress them up for hundred days at school as an old person, <laughs> like all that fun stuff that people get to do with their kids. Um, it became that realization of man, that that sucks. Mm -hmm. It sucks. I don't get to watch my child grow old. Um, and, and the, the fear of now I have a medically sensitive child. I can never die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing can ever happen to me. Yeah. yeah. My child needs me to live. Um, so your, your, your world gets totally upside down. Yeah. Yeah. I gosh, that last one that you just said about nothing can ever happen to me. Like that's such, that's such a huge thing. I feel like that's, you know, obviously a big weight that we talk about all the time and just, you know, having a will and, you know, talking to people, like if something happens to us, you know, it's just like, to me, it's such a scary thing that you have, you know, a child, one, many kids can't communicate communicate can't talk apparently which um you know my son Troy doesn't necessarily and just imagining you know what the care would be and who would be involved in that and I that's so yeah that's so scary to me because obviously if for some you know if 
we're lucky enough that Troy does outlive us because he's healthy. Um, that would be wonderful. But then we think about that too. We don't have any other children. We don't have, you know, anybody to help make sure that he's being taken care of that whole thing. And yeah, just making sure that nothing happens to you. That's, that's, I, I hate those thoughts. I try to put them away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no it's, I mean, it's, it's something that should be talked about though, because it is true, you know, and I think in some families, they are lucky to have other siblings and, you know, things like that, um, that could hopefully help in the care of a medically fragile child later in life. But yeah, unfortunately, that's not, that's not our situation. So yeah, and, um, and you are like now forced to not just be able to afford, like, not even necessarily medical bills. I mean, yes, medical bills, but all the things, especially with like Mito that are not covered, but you're mm-hmm. out of pocket every month because our system doesn't see that as something that insurance should cover, um, which is a whole nother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole nother um, thing. <laughs> but so you're forced with not just being able to afford a child, just even a neurotypical child, but now all the medical necessities on top of that, plus you're trying to figure out how to save money if you can for if something happens to you for the, that person that you trust to take over. Um, and that's like, it's, it's a whole different story to like people who have like godparents, you know, it's not, it, it, it's not just that you are picking your best friend or cousin or whatever to take care of your child in case something happens to you mm-hmm. you are you are choosing to uproot someone else's life now too it's it's not a just I mean it is it is a huge burden that people I think don't like I'm sorry I should not have said burden that is not what I meant it yeah, is I know, we know what you mean <laughs> it's a huge change for you as the person who just found this information out about your child um, and I think that when people name people as their God, godparents for their children, it's taken too lightly. Um, it's, and then when you have a medically sensitive child, you have to find someone that not only will love your child and care for them, but can afford them. Yeah. And not very many people could do that. Yeah. And then you're forced into it. And, and who knows what your life was like before that day of finding out, well, how do I come up with a thousand dollars for G-tube supplies every month or diapers for the rest of their life or um, just anything it's, and then, and then going back to like the whole point of this podcast was, <laughs> we like our tangent I know, so many, <laughs> is you, you grieve and and it's okay. It's okay to grieve that. It's it's healthy to grieve that because you need to be able to accept that's not your life anymore. Um, whatever your dreams were for your your life, it's no longer. And when you have a child, it's no longer your life. It's it's all about your child, and it should always be about your child. Yes, you need to take care of yourself, and you should um, uh, still have goals. You should all of the. You should still strive. For things for you personally, but 
you bring a person, a human into this world and it is, you need, that's, that's your job. (laughs) Yeah. It's your responsibility. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But so it's okay to, I guess the point of this is to say it's okay to grieve the life you expected or wanted. It's not to be, um, it doesn't mean that you think less of your child or think less of the life that you have. It's acceptance. And I think too, um, with that, I'm talking about, you know, grief and grieving. It comes up in different situations along the way. I know when you first have a child and you first get that diagnosis, you know, it's, it's life shattering and, you know, you're, worried about every day with this child is, are they going to be there? You know, um, are they going to pass away and those different things. But then as life goes on and you have friends or family with other children and you're going to their baseball games, you're, you know, doing these things. It's like a constant, you know, what do I say? It just comes up constantly. It's, you know, you're, you're very much around, lives that are happening maybe the way that you had planned yours and I think that can be hard sometimes um and I think you know even like holidays and Christmas when you think I mean Troy just started liking opening presents he's almost 15 probably just a couple years ago you know and it was like okay what's our Christmas going to be like this year and of course you find joy and you know the little things that they can do but you know, when you're around other neurotypical families and children, and it's just, um, you know, it's like that grief just pops up again, you know, when you're, you're around that. So I think it's, it's a lifelong process of, you know, coping, and, you know, finding skills that help you to, you know, really manage that grief and manage the grieving that happens, even when it, you know, rears its ugly head in different certain different situations um, because it's going to happen forever Um, and that's unfortunate but you know it is it is the life we have so like you said it's okay to grieve and it's also okay to be happy and find the joy in so many little things obviously you know I think having a child that has special needs you appreciate things and just your eyes are open to so many different things that you know people that have neurotypical children don't experience. And I'm not saying that, oh, we're better or we're, you know, we see things in a different way and it's a better way, but it's, it's just, you really, you look for the kindness in other people. You unfortunately see when there isn't kindness and um, just these little pieces of progress that your kid makes, you know, are just so amazing. And it's just, it's just a different different way. And now I'm doing my own tangent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I want to point out something that you said, and I'm going to bring that up again later in, in more episodes in the future. Cause I think it's so important for people to hear you said, and I'm, I'm going to mess up your quote. <laughs> so nobody made mad at me, <laughs> <laughs> but when you were saying about, um, you said, it's okay to be, to, to find joy. It's okay to be happy. And And that's so important because it's okay to have both. It's okay for you to grieve. It's also okay for you to be happy. And, and I'm going to bring that. I said, I always said this, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to bring that up again later because 
when anyone leaves your life and it could be your child, it could be your parent, it could be your brother, it could be any person that you are close with. When someone leaves your life, you, it's okay to grieve them. It's okay. Okay. To grieve that, that life that is gone. It's also okay to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. And there will always be ups and downs. You were, you were in, you are on this roller coaster for life, whether you, you want to be or not, you are on it. (laughs) And there's going to be days where it's just too much. And then there's going to be days where you're like, I feel bad for feeling happy. (laughs) I feel bad for feeling joy. And you really just have to take every emotion as it comes and you have to accept it and you have to allow it to become to fruition. And then you need to recognize it and you need to maybe even take mental notes or journal or something to say like what it was that tipped you off on the, on the sad, the happy, the joy, any of that. But last time (laughs) it's okay to grieve and it is okay to be happy. And it's so important to hear that. I have to cough and I really don't want to because it's going to be so loud. <laughs> I don't even know where it came from. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's sad and it sucks when you see people. I mean, people still reach out to me. Um, now I think people reach out to me more when they lose their child rather than when they first find out. And I think people are scared because, um, grieving isn't something that's normalized in society or, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for every single person. I can say I have noticed that it is not normalized because people are afraid to talk about the dead mm-hmm. and people are afraid to talk about their feelings of grieving the life they wish they had. They feel like they should be appreciative or feel blessed or for what they do have. And, and it's, it goes both ways. Like you don't, you could have the world, you have all the money in the world, you could have all the health in the world. And if you're not happy, you're not happy. It doesn't mean like there's always going to be someone that's worse off and there's always Mm -hmm. going to be someone that's better. And it's, it's okay to feel your feelings. I think you make a, a good point there too, because, you know, I feel like when people like us who, you know, have had or have special needs children it's like you feel bad talking negatively about your situation you know or you feel I don't know I just feel like sometimes I don't know what I'm not sure what I'm trying to say but just that you 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 know you don't want to say god you know today was a really hard day you know Troy was hitting you know it was this it was that you know we're all in bad moods and this is just this sucks you know, but then it's like, oh, well, you should be thankful that Troy is still here and Troy, you know, <laughs> you're able to do the things and, and you get to stay home with him and you're financially secure enough to do stuff like that. And it's like, well, yeah, but I had plans to, you know, teach and do all these things. And, you know, it's like, you feel bad having those feelings, like, you know, but you shouldn't because yeah. yes, I am absolutely 100% thankful, you know, what 50% of kids with Mido live past the age of 10, and Troy's going to be 15. 
We yeah. celebrate every day with him. But sometimes, excuse my language, it's a shitty day. It's a <laughs> shitty day. I feel bad. I feel like I'm a bad parent. You know, I feel like I'm not doing what I should be or, you know, Troy's really aggressive or things like that. And it's like, it's a bad day. And yeah. I should be okay to say that this sucks and I wish it wasn't this way, you know? So um, I think, like you said, you have to give yourself permission to feel those feelings. And it doesn't mean that you don't love your child or you're not appreciative of what you have and those kind of things. Cause I think, you know, there is kind of a, um, you know, society wants you to be happy and wants you to be thankful and wants, you know, all this kind of stuff and you are, but you can also not be on a certain day and that's okay. Yeah. And I think the common theme that we're going to be coming up again, not only with the, it's okay to not be okay, but another common theme is going to be people will never be able to say the right thing. <laughs> yes. Ever. Yeah. Like it doesn't. So I guess like what I would love for people to get out of this podcast is it, one, it, it, people are never going to be able to be on the same page. You are, someone will always make you feel shitty. <laughs> um, you know, I totally lost my train of thought right when I was in the middle. I need to start writing my notes down. Um, it's, it's, it's okay to not be okay. It's, it's, it, no one will ever be able to say the right thing. So as you listen to this podcast, maybe for yourselves, just make a mental note that you don't need to hear another person say, it's okay that you feel shitty or it's okay that you feel happy because no one I think will ever be able to give that to you. That's something that you will always constantly strive to hear from another person. But at the end of the day, it's you that has to feel your feelings. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it does. I don't think it I, does. I don't think You're I not, expressed my you thoughts. Don't need, well, no, I think it's just that you don't need permission from other people to feel how you're feeling. Um, yeah. And you, don't need you that have knowledge. to find that within yourself to be okay. Okay. Today's a shitty day. I'm feeling it. I'm saying it's shitty and that's okay. And tomorrow yeah. we start again and see where this goes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I guess we should end it right there because we got a lot of episodes to cover. Yeah. <laughs> we do. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for listening to the Mido podcast. I am Ashley. And I'm Megan. And if you would ever like to reach out and give any suggestions on podcasts, give your comments, um, or just say hi, um, you can find us on Gmail mitopodcast at gmail you can find us on instagram and you can find us on facebook thank you for listening